Welcome to Realoran International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. Welcome to Realoran. I'm so glad that you have joined me today for our look at clean and unclean. It's a very important topic as every lesson that is in Realoran uh, contains very important things that we need to know as the human race, as the creation underneath the throne of Almighty God. In the Bible, in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, it reads as follows. Jesus says unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus was speaking to someone in his atmosphere, and he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. It's an amazing three sections that Christ broke down for us as his creation underneath his throne. He is the way of life. He is the truth in life. And he is the life we are to live. And we are blessed and fortunate to be able to have a creator such as Jesus Christ who loves his creation, who reaches down from heaven every day and, and walks through the earth, you know, in his uh, omnipotency. Uh, he can be everywhere at once, and he's touching and interacting with each one of us on a daily basis. And uh, he's wanting us to inherit all that God created for us to have upon the earth and in heaven when we die. Jesus is very concerned about you today. Jesus is concerned as he looks over his creation. He is highly concerned. I don't know how to stress that. Uh, as important, the, the most important thing about Christ is he's concerned about you. He's concerned about the nations that he has created as he looks upon them with over 7,000 languages Christ has created. He, he looks upon each one of us with deep concern that we understand the truth and the reality of existence. That is his number one concern and to save you from uh, error and save you from a lake of fire eternally separated from him. It's his, it's, it's on his bucket list. It's number one on his list. Let's dive into this and see what this is all about. We know in Genesis 1-1, it reads, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. We know that, that on the earth, there are two realms upon the earth, both the visible, what we see with our eye, and the invisible, what we do not see. You know, it's amazing when you stand back and you take yourself outside of life and you look around life and you see everybody uh, doing life and, and especially me, you know, back in 2001, I was a part of life. I was a part of the things that you do on a daily basis and maybe don't think anything of. I went to church and then I went into the clubs, you know, I went to church and then I went to uh, the movie theaters and, and the dance halls. And, you know, the list goes on and on because I wasn't aware of life. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And I was not aware of the invisible realm that, that was behind the visible realm of my daily existence on earth until God 
appeared to me in 2001, and he turned on the light switch for me to see the invisible realm. I've never been the same since. It's been 19 years now, and my whole life changed. My whole uh, outlook on life changed. God, uh, God baptized me into reality and seared it all the way through my, uh, my being. And it's amazing when you see the realms that God made. You know, I, I, I saw the earth every day as I lived many years. But when he turned the switch on and I was able to see the angels that we read about in the Bible, and I was able to see the devil and the evil spirits that we read about, or some of us just skip over them like I did, because I didn't want to be bothered with that stuff. I took the Bible and I took out pieces of what appealed to me, what I, what I, what my preference was, what did okay in my life. I didn't want to take the full counsel of God from Genesis 1 to the end of Revelation and study it and to process it and to realize the reality of it because it didn't all appeal to me. It didn't appeal to my, to my person, you know, like when we go shopping as women, you know, we go into the store and we, we scan those aisles. Maybe we've become very professional at it, you know, through the years. We don't want to waste our time. So we kind of look through, look down the aisle. Does anything look uh, appealing? And if not, next aisle, next aisle, next store. You know, we just kind of know what is our preference. Well, that's the way I read the Bible. I read it and I took out the things that I could swallow, that I could deal with, that I could cope with, the things that I enjoyed, the things I liked about God, and, and the things that were kind of scary maybe or, or detestable or things I didn't want to believe. Uh, I just kind of shoved them to the side because I didn't want to, to believe in it. I didn't want to study it. I didn't want to know. But in my lack of knowledge, as Hosea chapter 4, verse 6 states, I was being destroyed because I refused to look at truth in its fullness as Christ has given us in the Bible, his covenant, his oath with humanity, his communication channel from the throne to the human, every human on planet Earth. And so when he turned on the light switch for me to see the angels and he took me into heaven and I got to see my mom I had buried years before and I got to see many facets of heaven and the joy and the splendor, the wealth, the royalty, the excellence, the purity. It by far surpasses anything I have ever seen or experienced on earth. Uh, that was all beautiful and his love for me and, and his graciousness and his kindness. And when he reached out to touch me and he healed me of a pain that I had experienced for three solid years of extreme pain to my skull and to my whole body from a domestic violence assault where my cranium was crushed uh, and my skeletal system shifted as a result of that. You know, he just put that pain out. And I was so, I was so amazed at him. And when you look at Jesus, you see this amazing love. He's, he's all love and his deepest desire, his deepest desire is to place truth in us. Why? Because the Bible tells us that when we know the truth, it will make us free. Free of what? Free of the kingdom of hell. 
free of the demons that have slaughtered humanity at large, free of the lies they have penetrated through the people that God has made, and he longs for us to know the truth as is recorded in the Bible, and for us to study it and to walk in the way. Jesus says, I am the way through life into victory. And so we don't want to take Jesus and kind of mold him into something that we like. You know, as women, we run around our house and we get the kind of couch we want. Or, you know, when we go shopping, like I mentioned, we buy the kind of clothing. And maybe as a man, you're looking for, for just the right uh, hunting uh, tools and uh, sports. And, you know, you like you like your things, you know. And um, the right cologne, maybe the right watch, you know. Guys are guys. I'm not sure what you guys like. But anyway, uh, I know about women. And so I know how we operate. And we pick things that we like and that are our taste. But we need to, we all need to come back to God. And we need to get a Bible. And I like the King James. I can't stress it enough because it's the purest form of the word written uh, from us, uh, from the Hebrew and the Greek into English form. It's pure undiluted and without mixture. And we can know truth in its existence. And that's what Christ is trying to do to and for us, is to get us to come back to him. Because one of his names, one of the names of Jesus, the Jesus that you love, is called the Word of God. The Word of God, Revelation 19.13. So when you say, I love Jesus, you know, we need to know Jesus fully. Uh, we need to be fully furnished and completed in our knowledge of Christ so that we are not deceived and tortured and tormented and destroyed as a human being. We have that right to belong to Christ and to know Christ in his fullness. And one of the things we need to know about is the fact that there are two realms upon the earth. As God flipped up the light and I got to see the two realms and there stood the devil. I said, oh, no, God, I don't want to deal with this. And I got up to take off. And I'm riding down the streets. You know, it's probably 2 or 3 in the morning and, and, and driving frantically in my land cruiser at the time I had down the downtown nightlife. And everybody was out partying and, and what have you. And all of a sudden, as I'm driving to go to a friend's house to escape God and to escape truth, to escape truth, which Jesus came to speak about is truth in its fullness. Jesus loves us, but Jesus wants us to know truth, right? So because when we know truth, we'll know how to operate our life and have victory. But I'm running from truth because I didn't want to deal with it. Just like when I would read the Bible, I would go to the places that I liked. And I picked and choose what I wanted to study and know. The rest I kind of threw in the trash. And I'm driving, driving frantically to get to my friend's house, and I feel a boot going up my seat, and I look in my rearview mirror, and there sat God. And he didn't look happy. He didn't look uh, cozy, let's say. He looked like stern. Get this car and turn it around. We're going back, and I'm going to deal with you, Anne. I have to put truth in you. You have to face reality. And you have to make a choice whether you're going to serve me on the earth and inherit all good and into heaven, or you're going to go with the devil and the cocaine that you do and the alcohol that you drink and the cigarettes that you smoke and the adultery that you're in 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because in my pain as a crushed human being underneath domestic violence and the fact that my ex-husband was a porn addict, it didn't do anything for my self-esteem. And so instead of looking at it for what it was and, and thinking about myself, I just numbed myself through all of the vices the devil would give you. And I was killing myself. And God came to save my life and to teach me how to live. And so, and he was very concerned about my, my well-being and the fact that if I died in my condition, uh, uh, partaking of sin, that I would be eternally separated from God. Because we know in Isaiah 54, I believe it is, that sin separates us from God. We know in Romans 8, it talks about nothing can separate us from God, neither angels or demons or, or, or this, that, and the other. But we know what separates us from God, sin. It separated Adam and Eve from God. It separated humanity from God until they walked through to Christ and said, Christ, please cleanse me of my sin. Please wash my sins away and make me your own. And the Father's there and he takes you as his child. And he's thrilled to have you and he fills you with his spirit. And he gives you a book to read, to study, to know him and how to operate in, in existence on planet Earth so that you inherit all. That's the only reason God wants to give you all. But we have to let him. That was one of the things the angels said when they first appeared. They said, the Lord God Almighty has sent us to heal you of your pain if you will let him. It was amazing. After that, they began to cut off these big strips off of me because I was wrapped with the cords of my iniquity, as Proverbs chapter 5 states. And big black bands were flying off. And uh, the, the fact is, is that Christ came to one of his own, a Christian, a born-again Christian, spirit-filled. I used to go to church and read my Bible, but I didn't understand that to be free from, from death, Lucifer, and to have authority over Lucifer, I needed to come apart from sin and to perfect holiness in the fear of the Lord so that I could have authority over the devil. Amen. And there was these two realms, and, and so I had to go back, and God drove back with me to to my cottage, and I got out, and I, I thought, oh, I wonder if he's going to be here, and I didn't hear a door slam, because see God's spirit, and I turned around, and there he stood, and he was waiting to deliver me. God always appears to bring deliverance, to bring deliverance. God always appears to bring freedom, to bring salvation, to bring good. It's beautiful. So we know in Colossians chapter 1 that Christ has made both of the realms, the realm that we see every day, and then the invisible realm. So if you could see earth on earth as the ball, you know, you see all of the things that God has allowed us to see in his creation. We see all the nations. There's, what, 195 countries. We see the, the different nationalities. There's over 7,000 languages God created. I was amazed when I looked that up the other day. And there's over 8, um, eight million uh, animal species. I mean, it's just, it goes on and on and on, all the oceans and, and everything that we can see that God has created. But God has created the invisible realm stated in Colossians chapter 1, and we have to deal with this as the human race. And there stands our choices. There stands voices. 
and God's voice is always trying to lead you in righteousness so that you win. And the devil's voice is always trying to lead you in the path of sin so, so that you lose. And so we have to come to, to really accept reality. You know, for many of us, we want to make God something that we feel comfortable with. We want to find a church that suits our lifestyle. We don't go to a church that challenges maybe the sin in our life, but we need to. Because when you go to a church that's filled full of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they will speak of sin. They will speak of righteousness. And they will speak of judgment, which is the results of both of those entities, both sin and righteousness on earth and eternal life. So you need to go to a church that has embraced the full message of Christ, the encouragement of Christ, and the warnings of Christ, and the realities of existence within this dimension, this age he has made for us. And then we know that when we pass into the next dimension of existence, we go into heaven or hell. If we go into hell, we know the next uh, dimension past hell is the lake of fire. It's eternal where people that refused God exist forever in, in torture. God does not want you there, but it is packed full of people that refuse to go his way. We know that God has created dimensions past heaven called the ages to come, and that no eye has seen and no ear has heard the things that God has in store for those who love him. And it's interesting, love is, is affection, but obedience. God looks at love in a different way than we do. Love to him is affection that we can understand, but it's also obedient. You know, if you had a child that said, I love you, mom, I love you, dad. But uh, when you bent over backwards for them and you, you brought him a college education and a new car and everything else, and you told him just, you know, make sure that you get good grades when you're away at college. Don't do this and don't do that, but come home with you know, those striking, striking grades, I know that you're going to do well. But you never heard from your son. And one day you and uh, your husband got in the car to go off to college to see the son that you put in the best Ivy League college. You gave him the, the finest clothes. You gave him the finest car so that he could do very well. And upon the arrival where he was supposed to live, the address, it was packed full of crack addicts. And your car was gone and your son came out gaunt at 75 pounds and he had become a crack addict. How would you feel? How would you feel with all that you have given him? See, loving, and, and he says, I love you, mom. I love you, dad. But love is affection, but love is obedience, just as God wants. He wants to give us good things, but he wants us to take the good that he's given us to in, increase our life and not to ruin our life. Amen. And when we find correction in our life, it's God withdrawing something that he's given us to get our attention, to get our attention so that he can cleanse the sin and the iniquity out of our life and to give us good things so that we can begin to increase again and not be diminished by Lucifer and all of the demonic kingdom that long to bring mankind into eternal fire. So there are two forces at work, as we know. Uh, we know that there's the good force, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
First John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God is good. Say that with me. God is good. And God comes within you to help you to overcome sin and to give you power over Satan. He doesn't want Satan walking on you. He wants you walking on Satan. Okay. He wants you above the mess, not in the mess. You know, he doesn't want you to be homeless. He wants you to run a homeless community, bringing them up and out. Okay. He doesn't want you to be the alcoholic. He wants you to be the one that has the Christian clinic to bring them out out of alcohol. Amen. He doesn't want you to be the prostitute. He wants you to have a big, beautiful house, a transition home uh, from Lucifer to Jesus. Amen. Where you have a big, beautiful home and you bring in the prostitutes and you and Christ are able to wash their feet and to wash their minds with the word of God and give them the help they need so that they can go and help others. So that makes you the head and not the tail. Amen. And we know that, um, we know that God has made the angels. You know, angels are stunning to look at. I've seen them. I haven't seen every angel. I, I, I mean, there's, there's billions and billions of angels, I'm sure. But I got to see several different angels. I got to see a little bitty angel. She was probably about this big and she had a little, uh, pink dress on. She was just adorable. She looked like a little doll. And she was flying above me when the angels were working on me, cutting off the bands of iniquity that Satan was allowed to wrap around me as one of his slaves, a servant of sin, because I was partaking of sin. And uh, God was cutting me free of that. And that little angel entertained me while they cut me free. And then I saw angels that surrounded God and they were, they were little dancing ballerina angels. They were beautiful. They were the shade of blue and they were very, um, stunning, very beautiful and stunning to look at. Uh, and, uh, I saw the big football player like angels in their jeans and their white t-shirts that, you know, just smiled when they looked at me like we can handle anything that comes against you. Just walk intelligently with Christ. Amen. And then I saw the, the angels that stood on the outside of my home in these, in this missile and they were protecting my home against the enemy. See, this is where we live. It's called earth. We live in between the visible and the invisible. Um, I saw my angel that Christ introduced me to. Uh, Christ was across the room and he, there was an angel standing here and he said, there's your angel. That's all he said. And the angel looked back and he said, hello. And I said, hello, you know, and uh, they're amazing. You know, the angels, Psalm 91 tells us about the angels. He that dwells in the secret place of the most high, the most high God. And it's wonderful that God is the most high. You know, when we hear about the most high God, what does that mean? It means that God sits on top, the very top of all existence, and he rules with righteousness and judgment and holiness, sinlessness, and he's a covenant-keeping God, and his heart and his deeds are towards the souls of men. He is for us. He is not against us. Say that. He is for me. He is not against me. It's just beautiful. And, you know, when I saw the Lord, I was filled full of his desire to bring truth to the earth, to save a 
save the nations saturated and lost in sin. His desire is that all people belong to him and come out of the chains therein, come out of the blindness therein, come out of the torment therein, come out of the addictions therein, come out of the sicknesses and the financial ruin therein. And so that he can, he can create you and make you into his masterpiece. You are his daughter. You are his son. He longs to bring you up in life and to give you all good things. But like the angel said to me, he wants to help you if you will let him. Because if the angels cut me free that day from Lucifer and I walked away from Christ and I partook of sin again, the devils would be able to come in seven times worse and wreak more havoc in my life. That's in uh, Matthew 12, I believe, and 43 through 45. It's, it's, it's all real. And you know, when you see the Bible, you read the Bible, and then you see the Bible. You see, you read about the devil, and you see the devil. You read about hell, and I've been there too. You read about God, and you see God. You read about Jesus and you see the Son of God. You read and then you see because he brings light and he brings reality to save life. Amen. We know that there's evil on the earth, Satan and his demons. They were thrown out of heaven years ago when Lucifer tried to take over the throne of God. They tried to usurp God, take over the throne, and they wanted God to bow at their feet, which will never happen. God doesn't bow at anyone's feet. We all bow. Every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that he alone is God. Amen? And I, for one, am glad I'm not God. I wouldn't want his day planner, the existence, every everything looking to him. I, I couldn't handle it, could you? I mean, we do well enough just to, to do our day planners. But we know that uh, Jesus himself, when he was on the earth, began to teach his disciples, his students, the following. In Luke uh, chapter 10, beginning in verse 18, he said, And he said unto them, Jesus spoke to his disciples, I beheld, I saw, I viewed Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So God just took him and strung him to the earth. And it made such a, it was so quick and so fast that it looked like lightning. That's how fast God threw him. Have you ever threw a ball that looked like lightning? I mean, we can watch the professional baseball players and they do a really good job. But I've never seen a pitcher throw that, throw a ball that fast. Have you? So that just tells you the ability and strength of Almighty God. Um, we know that Satan's current location is both earth and hell. In Ephesians uh, chapter 6, beginning in verse 10, it reads, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, here's the, here's the government of Satan. Satan's at the top against principalities right underneath them. Then we go to the next level, against powers, and then against the rulers of the darkness of the world. And then the next layer, spiritual wickedness in high places. So we have the layers of the hierarchy and the government of Lucifer as Lucifer in the lead, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, 
and spiritual wickedness in high places. They are on the earth. It's life. I didn't want to deal with it. I said, God, I don't want to know about it. But you know, to remain blind and ignorant would be, would have been my destruction because I was all wrapped up in, uh, underneath deception and sin at this point. Do you see as a Christian and God wanted to set me free from, uh, bondage and he wanted to make sure that I entered into eternal life because we know in the Bible in Galatians chapter five that it says if, if you commit, uh, all these sins are listed and I was doing several of them. Adultery, witchcraft, that breaks down in the Greek as pharmakia, and all this stuff. People that do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God, of heaven. Okay, so God was very concerned about it. He was concerned that I didn't want to know the full truth because it didn't really sit well with me. You know, it wasn't my style. It wasn't make me, it didn't make me feel good. I never went to a church that told me the full message that I as a Christian needed to depart iniquity or Christ would have to say, depart from me, Matthew 7. I didn't want to deal with this, you know. But God wasn't going to let go until I knew the deal. If you want to perish, then just continue with the life that you live. If you want to go with me in heaven one day, where I want you, you're going to have to change. You're going to have to stop sinning. And you're going to have to do what's right. Good night. Rialaron International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Rialaron today at www.rialaron.org.